0: Welcome to the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. So this is the struggle Is Israel part two, because this Sunday at City Hill, Mother's Day is about to go down. And I do not want to be continuing my series talking about The Struggle Israel and the book when we have Mother's Day. I mean, I could try and mix it. No. Let's stay focused. So today I'm putting this online just for you guys to listen to, to stay in the flow of the book so we can complete the series over the next two weeks in March. If you've never been to City Hill, get down there. It's going to be a good time. So, The Struggle Israel... I don't want that one, I want that one. Some pretty famous, humorous line in British culture. And that's kind of Jacob. That's kind of Jacob. He's got the life that he's been given, but he doesn't want the life he's been given. He wants another one. He wants Esau's and he's wanted it from birth. His hand was clinging onto his brother's heel as he came out. He conned his brother out of like his birthright. He's chasing for the blessing, and the crazy, crazy thing is, is that he ends up stealing his entire brother's life and identity. He doesn't just put the, the hair on, if you know the story, where his, bro- his dad in his old age can't see properly, and he wants to give the blessing to Esau, So Jacob, while Esau is out, um, with the help of his mum, covers himself in the hair of goat. So that his dad, when he feels him because he can't see, believes it's Esau and then gives Jacob the blessing. And when Esau comes back, his whole world has been stolen from him. His whole life has been stolen. And one of the things that came with that blessing was the identity of the family he was supposed to build. um, The people he was supposed to be a part of. What he was meant to be about. Now what happens with, with Esau is his whole life is stolen by Jacob. He's now going to live the life that Esau had. And Esau has this whole identity crisis. This whole vacuum's created. And he freaks out. So part of the blessing is that uh, Jacob is told by his father that he should not marry outside of a particular people group. That there are certain people they should not engage with and build relationship and build partnership and family because it will water down the identity that they have been called to have. How many times in life do you and I water down the very purpose and the call of God upon our lives because we get ourselves in relationships that pin us to values, identities, goals, tracks, paths, actions, habits that are not what God is calling us to be? How many times does that happen? How many times does that happen? So Jacob has stolen Esau's identity. I don't want that one. I want that one. And Esau's left in his vacuum, so what does he do? He's like, well, he's taken everything. He's taken everything from me. And so instead of trying to mirror image and walk down that line together or in that identity, in that direction, he goes off and marries the type of woman from the type of people group that he was explicitly told not to be a part of. You see, when you and I reject our God-given destiny, when you and I push away from what God is calling us to do and to be, it has consequences that do not just fall back on you, that don't just fall back on me, but fall back on those around us. We don't just take from ourselves, we take from everyone around us. The knock-on effect of you and I not standing up and being who we're supposed to be. We don't, we're no longer the witness, we're no longer the salt of the earth, we're no longer the light of the world, calling people to taste different. We're no longer the preservative that preserves the pain the wounds and heals the wounds and, and preserves and keeps things holy in spite of suffering, in spite of the pains of life. We're no longer light, we're no longer revealing what's there. You can't see light, light reveals what is there. We're no longer the light that reveals the goodness and the grace of God that is there because we're no longer walking in the direction that God has called us to walk. And so, because Jacob's not where he's supposed to be. Esau's now not where he's supposed to be. And Esau's just gone off the rails. And there's this huge separation and Jacob has to go away and build this whole new life for himself. Well, you see, the thing about going off on that trajectory and doing those sorts of things that have consequences that rob other people of their identity. And I think when we look at the society around us today, so many of us are trying to be someone we're not meant to be. And so many of us are trying to steal and, and claim an identity. People are... Even men nowadays, there are men I've read about in the news that have tried to have operations to make themselves look more like Kim Kardashian. It's not even just women trying to be Kim Kardashian. I mean, I have no idea why anyone is gravitating to her in that way, but they are and people do and it's not just her, it's all forms and manners of celebrity and people who are famous for the sake of being famous and people wanting to be like people who are famous for the sake of being famous. It's not that they're Nelson Mandela. They've done something and people wanted to gravitate to this vacuum and, and take that. And when they have that, it robs the world of a person who was supposed to be full of God's call and vision and plan, but has chosen emptiness and a vacuous life because that's what is promoted. And it doesn't just rob them of the life that God has for them. It robs their family, their friends, everyone in their sphere of influence that would have had this awesome person that they would have behold. This awesome person that would have challenged them in every day of their life to be a certain person that would have inspired them to be better. I remember a friend of mine who was really, really smart, really amazing guy. And one day we were sitting around another friend's house and the friend asked them why they wanted to do the career path they'd chosen, the vocation that they wanted, that they were so passionate about. Why did they want to do that? And my friend answered because of Andy Gray. He calls me to be more than I am. He calls me to want to stand for what's right. Huh, that guy, not a Christian, but he saw who I was and what I wanted to pursue and that I would pursue it regardless of anything. And it called him. To do the same, it called him not to settle, it called him to pursue his vocation with all that he was because of me. Now, if I had traded the call that I believe that God had for my life, then the question remains, would my friend have chosen the vocation he had? Maybe he would have, maybe he wouldn't, but he wouldn't have had that supportive evidence calling and demanding that of him. It's so important that you and I pursue the very nature, the vocation, and the call that God has for us. That we don't say, I don't want that one. I want that one. I remember hearing um, a guy called Judd Wilhite. I've mentioned him a few times at one of the C3 conferences. I think it was back in 2014. And he said, love the call you have, not the call you wish you had. Boy, does that change everything. Everyone loves the call to maybe build a billion dollar business but what if the call is just to build a business that's going to get by it's going to do okay it's not going to be extraordinary what if the call is to be just excellent in the job you're already in what if the call isn't to start a mega church but to start something small that connects with people that are far from God that need him that may never be more than that what if the call is to love just one person that you know that desperately needs it And no one else is going to pay attention. No one else is going to see it. Are you still going to accept the call? There's consequences when we don't accept the call. So Esau ends up off track. Jacob ends up off track. A family is kind of broken and a bit messed up. All of these things because that which was called is not the highest position. But the good thing about God is we know from Paul's writings in Romans 8 that all things work together for good for those who love God who are called according to his plans and purposes. And God's plans and purposes are still mysteriously at work in the background. But there's consequences. There are consequences for going off the rails. And Jacob ends up getting a taste of his own medicine. He sees a woman that he's crazy about. He wants to marry her. The dad says, well, you've got to work seven years for her. So he works seven years wage for her, which, by the way, wasn't just a random thing. That was the culture. If you slept with a woman, the dad... You would, you would go to dad, you would ask for him to be, to her to be your wife. He says, no, you have to pay seven years' wages because you took what wasn't yours. And then if he says yes, you'd still have to work seven, give seven years' wages because that's the price you paid. I'll tell you what, you wouldn't be having one-night stands if it cost you seven years' wage. Jeez, that's a, that's a lot of money. So he ends up on his wedding night getting married to one of his dreams, finds out it's not the woman of his dreams, he's been tricked, it's the older sister. He confronts the dad and the dad says, well, you know, I couldn't marry the young one off first. So then he has to do another seven years to get the woman of his dreams. That's 14 years salary. One for a woman he doesn't want and one for the woman he wants. I think in the amazing words of the Psalmist, Mr. JT, what goes around comes around, goes all the way back around. What goes around comes around. We see Jacob experiencing that. But the great thing about that is that as true as that rule is, the grace of God extends even beyond what goes around comes around. Where we start to receive the goodness of God that goes beyond our actions and beyond who we are and what we can do and what we can achieve but the nature that God wishes to impart within us, which is his own nature, which just gives and gives and gives exceedingly, abundantly beyond anything we can ask, think, dream, or imagine. And that is what is going to start to prevail in Jacob's life. My prayer is that you would not live a vacuous life Saying, I don't want that one, I want that one. That you wouldn't live a life rejecting the call of God, pursuing a call that's not your own. That you would own up that if you've moved away from what God's called you to do, that you would step towards it, knowing that it won't just affect you, but it has a knock-on effect to all around us. That we would repent and we would turn back to His good grace. And maybe you're in a place at the moment where you feel a bit like Jacob, where life has knocked you for six. Something simple that should have been a straightforward process is just taking double the time, double the cost, double the energy, double the emotion, and you just feel broken, beaten down, and like this is never going to end. Well, it does. And God is for you. He is with you. And his plans are working in the background. And just as I said last week, I'm going to call you again this week. It's time to wrestle with God. In the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of problems, in the midst of wanting to be someone else, in the midst of wanting to be something else, in the midst of wanting to do something else, to just wrestle with God, to talk to him honestly, openly about these things. As a pastor, I hate doing pastoral stuff because people never say to me what they actually mean, what they actually think, or what's actually happened. It's never what they say, it's what they don't say. The great thing about God is, you don't have to come to him like you go to your pastor, trying to present and make the worst situation you've just done look better than it is, so that they come to a conclusion where you're all right and no one really cares. It's not a real forgiveness. They haven't really forgiven you because you've never really told them what really happened. You've just glossed over it and manipulated it to be a certain way. With God, you can come to him and say it exactly as it is. You can have a repentance that is so pure, so true, so unfiltered, because you have access directly to the throne of grace, to the throne and the mercy seat of God, where he will not pour out upon you the judgment you deserve, where he will pour out the grace and the empowerment you need to overcome and to be more than you ever thought or dreamed that you can be. But that only happens when we wrestle with God who is truth and we bring the truth of our hurt, our sin, our failure, our sickness, our brokenness, and honestly and openly and transparently with God, wrestle through those things. I hope you've been encouraged by this word and I would love to see you at City Hill sometime. Check out our website, cityhill.london. There is loads of cool stuff happening. We hope you had an amazing Mother's Day. There'll be a talk up from Mother's Day going on the City Hill website on Mother's Day. Peace, the struggle, Israel. If you haven't got the book, hey, make sure you grab a copy. There'll be the link in the details below. God bless. today's message and if you'd like to find out more about City Hill please visit our website cityhill.london